Roxo Media House. Frog fans, welcome to Post Game Beers Podcast, the only college baseball podcast. Uh, don't fact check me on that one. So, guess what? We have actual baseball games to <laughs> what? <out> tonight. <laughs> what I'm happened? Your host. <laughs> Wait, stop the show. <laughs> MK went into there? he went into screensaver mode. Did you get Did you get a breaking news alert? <laughs> I thought I heard my dog or maybe it was a kid or who knows something in the background focus a little bit is this something i have to pay attention to as a father or can i can i carry on (laughs) i made an executive decision i'm still here well take two (laughs) i'm your host kyle malloy at yellow mk joined by my co-host jacob sailors at jd sailors jacob wednesday uh weather permitting is our first game at lupton but most importantly it's national margarita day will you be joining me in uh some purple margaritas God, man, I hope not. I'm still recovering from the weekend. I hear you, but I feel like I got to try one just to. No, you're right. You're right. But man, it tastes so good once it hits the lips, you know, (laughs) after that first one goes down, you kind of forget about the last boy. Um, Okay. I looked at the rain. I think it's supposed to rain early in the morning and then we're good for the rest of the day. So I'll see y'all. I'll see you at Lupton. I actually think it'll be perfect weather tomorrow. It's supposed to be 70 at first pitch, low humidity too. almost no humidity. Yeah. Oh, and um, I just noticed this too. Um, we have crap. I got off the page, but we have a uh, trivia Tuesday. They're doing that every Tuesday now for home games. And tomorrow's theme is college sports. Huh? So let's, let's make the live odds between, I don't think Ray's going to be there and Martin doesn't go to games. So I guess just between me and you, who's going to take home the crown. I like college sports. I like college sports. Huh. Ooh, I feel a battle. Yeah, we got a rivalry. <laughs> a little right, trash got, talk here. We've got Crazy Ray Cartwright and the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, joining us as well. Fellas, what was your favorite food item that you ate at Globe Life this weekend? Oh, 100% Hurtado's brisket sandwich. Does that count? Yes. Why wouldn't it's it? Just a, it's, it's a vendor. Inside the, the ballpark. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But the ballpark food itself, like the inherent ballpark food is it should not be that terrible. Then I don't know. I didn't have it. I had the pizza. Tatos. The pizza is so bad. It tastes like the worst frozen pizza on the shelf. The hot dogs are dry. I mean, I don't understand why a brand new state of the art stadium has such bad food unless you pay $30 to an outside vendor for a slice of brisket. That's what's most disappointing, though, about even the ballpark food is, uh, you know, a jumbo, quote unquote, jumbo hot dog, six seventy five, and is just a regular kind of. It, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it ain't, the, there ain't no jumbo to it. It's a dollar no. dog on Sundays at Lupton. It's the same thing. <sighs> yeah, man, I love watching games in that stadium, but I'm glad we're done. Yeah, the beers are $14. I mean, it's uh, so annoying. Do you want to jump into games or you want to break down anything else before we start with baseball? No, let's do it. Let's All talk right. baseball. College baseball showdown at Globe Life. Quickly recap the games and then chat about the fun stuff. So game one, the number 15 horn ranked horn frogs matched up against number 10 Vanderbilt in a perfect temperature controlled 72 degrees. Both teams knocked in a couple runs early. So it was tied through five innings, but the sixth innings when things got uh, fun for us. So Eli Nunez cleared the bases with a double. Then Braden Taylor followed that up with an absolute bomb to the right field stands. We saw Anthony Silva, uh, freshman Anthony Silva, and transfer Austin Davis, uh, you know, join in the fun in the seventh. And the Frogs at that point were up by eight runs. Uh, on the mound, we saw a transfer of Ryan Vanderhey. He went five strong, only gave up three runs. Luke Savage finished the game with uh, three and one-third innings himself. And TC won in a dominant fashion, 11-4. to four. Jacob, that Friday afternoon matchup was definitely worth playing hooky from work for, wasn't it? I can't stand Vanderbilt. 
Um, really glad we beat them. I, I hate their uniforms. I hate their, uh, we talked about this last week, how much I hate Vanderbilt. It seems like we never beat them. So, you know, to come out and get a win in the first game of the season and dominate them like that. Oh, so satisfying. They had uh, Carter Holton on the mound. Uh, he was, uh, you know, supposed to be pretty hyped. I think he'll have a great year. Uh, kind yeah, of a rough start no, he's for him. great. I actually looked for the 2024 draft prospects in the SEC. He is the number one uh, ranked prospect from the SEC. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on him throughout the season, and you'll see, man. He'll it'll be like, wow, that's the same guy we knocked out early. I mean, yeah. I think they're kind of ramping him up too, because yeah. he wasn't, you know, he wasn't bad. I don't. Let me see what his stat line was. So. Yeah, we touched him up a little. He only went three and two third, um, but he's good, man. I think we got him at the right time of the year. We'll just say that. Um, one interesting thing I saw, I remembered from this game because it was impressive to me. Uh, freshman Silva, he hit an absolute bomb straight to dead center. Yeah, it was about four hundred five feet. Unfortunately, the wall was at four oh seven, so um, just a little short. But I, I, you know, you saw his power right from that swing. And uh, shout out to. Anthony's parents, Michael and Olga, they were awesome. It was great to meet them and uh, and uh, take a picture of the game. Yeah, um, Anthony Silva is going to be great. Um, I think I don't know if it was in that game, but Cole Fontanelle had a few warning track shots too over the weekend. So that that park is it can hold some baseballs in. Martin, uh, what stuck out to you from game one? Really, all weekend, probably Austin Davis and the you know the top three hitters in the lineup. Yeah, every hitter in the lineup had a hit except Fontanella. He was hit by a pitch and eventually scored. Um, but, but man, if that's what we can expect from the lineup, <laughs> it's going to be a fun season. I think all three of those guys um, had a OPS over 1,200 for the weekend. Yeah, so against Vanderbilt, Austin Davis had, had one hit, um, but he walked twice. Uh, he stole a base. I believe. Yeah, he had a stolen base. Elijah Nunez had three hits, including the bases clearing double, um, which put TCU up for good. Did you know? Did you realize Vanderbilt had the lead twice in that game? Yeah, yeah. I, that's not something that stuck out with me afterwards. After we won eleven to four, uh, Braden Taylor had two hits, a couple RBI. He did strike out three times though. I, I don't really remember that from that game. He also hit a nuke into the. That's bullpen. true. He did. That's probably why I don't remember the strikeouts. Did he? That's strike odd out? to me, right? Um, did he get one of those uh, automatic strikes? Mm, yeah, that- I mean, no, I feel like we need. To I don't save- think so. I thought it was Curtis. Yeah, I think it was Curtis. Curtis had one. Was it not against Arkansas? Or was it Vandy? It was against Arkansas. Curtis had one. Yeah. Yeah, we can TCU save. We can save one. pitch clock talk for later. <laughs> right. Feel like we have some things to say about it, um, but I think to me, like as impressive as those top three guys were, uh, Trey Richardson from the bottom of the lineup going two for four with an RBI. I mean, it's good to see you know that kind of production from bottom of the lineup guy playing second base. So you know, there's not nothing really to complain about in this game. Um, you want to talk about Ryan Vanderhei? Um, I, I have think a complaint. Play- Do what? I have a complaint. Go for it. Every inning Vanderbilt ran to the outfield and oh, did yeah. some did some cold stretching <laughs> deal where dude I'm telling you I'm every telling you. every time they did something different I, I swear by the ninth inning they were fully prepared for that bus ride home back to their hotel <laughs> the list of reasons to hate Vanderbilt are long it was so, so weird they're weird it's like they do it on purpose to be hated even more yeah, they let's see how bad of a turf field we can get. <laughs> how ugly of uniforms we can wear. How annoying yeah. our fan bits are. Although the whistler wasn't there. He wasn't. He Maybe was he did die. Noticeably <laughs> absent. I thought he was there. I, I think someone... I saw him at Texas Live on Saturday. I he was I, I he... it was a guy that looked a lot like him. And he was walking around holding a sign that said, Missing iPhone, reward. <laughs> <laughs> So our poor guy lost his iPhone. Uh, one of my so, favorite stats from this game was that TCU scored 10 of its runs with two outs, um, which was kind of fun. And then, you know, we'll talk about the Arkansas game in a little bit, but just, you know, r- runners left on base, obviously that's not a great thing, but at the same time, if it's in double digits and you're winning by a ton of runs, I mean, 
it means they're just they're just raking, you know. Do you know how to solve not leaving guys on base at the end of an inning? Uh, grand slams? No, don't get guys on base to begin with. <laughs> if you're scoring 11 runs and you're leaving guys on, who cares? You could also end the inning with a home run and then just run rule them if it's if that's you know, right. Play. And then like, or and then just play. have then have the hitter like <laughs> get called out because of a celebration penalty yeah. or something. And then, You're right, Martin. I'd, r- I'd rather have a double play to end the inning. We don't. Have to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, before y'all move off the offense, it's quite impressive that they struck out 13 times. Yeah, and they the only hell? walked three times. I, I guess the, I guess we're going to have to prepare ourselves for higher strikeouts than usual because of our new aggressive approach. It's going to lead to runs and probably strikeouts, which is fine. I mean, they put which up is 11, totally fine. Yeah, they put up eleven runs despite striking out thirteen times and only walking three times, which you know in the past. Okay, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, Ray. But they got hit five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so that. That's really like eight walks. Yeah. Luke Boyers is back in business in the hit by pitch call. He got hit <laughs> twice in that game. And he was so pumped too. <laughs> He's like, I'm back, boys. Yeah, yeah. Midseason form. Boyers is on the national board for for walks, actually. <laughs> if you look at yeah, NCAA man. stats, he hit a bunch over the weekend. Um, so Vander Hay, great debut for him. Yep. Uh, like I said, five innings, uh, only gave up a run and um or a couple runs, but Really, I mean, it was it was great to see him come out there. His changeup looks good. I mean, uh, and and really didn't have to waste a ton of the bullpen after him. Pumping 96-97 with his fastball. We'll take that all day. I was and glad his, to see River Ryan get really some time. Wait, what'd you say? His changeup was really good, too. It, yeah. it, it kept him off balance. Yeah, um, only three strikeouts, a little surprising. But he didn't walk anybody. Yeah. And that's, you know, let's not forget, Vanderbilt's still a good team. You know, yeah, they only struck out six times in the game. And judging by what I've seen so far from the Big 12, even though it's early, Vanderbilt might be one of the better teams he pitches against this year. Boy, ain't that the truth. So we saw River for just um, a short period of time, but Luke Savage came in. We we thought he might get the Sunday start, but they thought, uh, it, you know, we can obviously talk to the coaches later, but sounds like it was more important to get this win. And he came in and did his job. He did his job. I mean, that's classic Luke Savage right there, right? If 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 that's kind of his role as a Swiss Army knife where he can start or be a long reliever or, hell, even a closer, I'm fine with that. Yeah, to save, especially that Friday game, you know, goes three and a third of an inning. You don't have to use anyone else on the pin. Now you've got a completely fresh bullpen heading Absolutely. into a huge Arkansas game the next day. And and I don't want to brush over River Riding's appearance just because he only went two thirds of an innings. He looked pretty effective for the most part, and they pulled him before you know any confidence that he gained from that that appearance. Before he lost any of that confidence, they got him out of there. I thought that was smart. So, you know, well, I'll take baby steps, baby steps with River to get him back on track. All right. So good first night on Friday. Remember um, that baby steps here. <laughs> This next game. Yeah. Moving on to game two, Saturday night, Frogs versus number eight, Arkansas. This was the night game at Globe Life. And folks, it was packed with hogs. If you weren't there, you probably could have heard them on TV. Um, so we're going to get to this later, but they were chirping all night. Uh, fireworks early. Both teams scored three runs in the first inning. And uh, and speaking of fireworks, there was this very loud, very obnoxious uh, Razorback dad a couple rows behind me. I'm going to talk about him more in a little bit, but... Um, he was with his entire family, and even before the game started, he he was yelling at Eli Nunez, uh, you know, on in the dugout. So that was kind of the start to the night. Um, <laughs> so th- things settled down after that first inning for both teams. Hey, but MK, the frogs, go for quick, it, right? Has that Jared Wagner home run landed yet? Yeah, it was it was a pretty big bomb in the first inning, um, and and we'll we'll talk about Cam in a, that was, in a little while. That was the best player in the tournament, absolutely. Um, Frogs put up six more runs in the middle innings, so they were they were up at that point. But the highlight so far of the year, in my opinion, Austin Davis, he entertained us with um, one of the greatest pimp jobs of a home run that I've seen in a long time from a frog. Oh, man, that was uh, this was in the seventh. He watched that thing land two times over, um, and and frogs just kept pouring on runs in the eighth and ninth inning. 
Uh, so before I mention TCU, Arkansas in this game used a total of nine different pitchers. So that could mean kind of one of two things. Hey, it's a Tuesday night and everybody gets an inning. Or in this case, everybody uh, they, really, they really couldn't figure out what to do with the frog lineup. So they were just rotating through guys and, and nobody was really doing their job. Um, from a TCU perspective, Cam Brown, the starter, only lasted one and two thirds, unfortunately. Uh, you know, but a guy that we barely, if at all, mentioned in our preview podcast, freshman Cole Klecker. He came in, shut down the Razorbacks for four and a third innings. After that, Ben Abelt and Justin Hackett came in and cleared up the last three. And all said and done, Frogs over Hogs, 18 to six. This one felt good. The Jackson Weber injury for Arkansas really made its presence known in this game. Um, you know, originally we were supposed to get Hagen Smith for Arkansas, and you saw what he did against Texas Friday night. That would have made so this. Real quick, a... you're, you're talking about pitchers, Jacob. Just want to clear yeah, that sorry, up. Yeah, sorry, for Arkansas. Yeah, so Will McIntyre had to start for Arkansas kind of in a, a scramble situation because their rotation was supposed to be Jackson Weber and Hagen Smith, and hey. then maybe Will McIntyre on Sunday. But with Jackson Weber getting hurt, that pushed Hagen Smith to Friday. He basically shut out the Longhorns. So, you know, we were fortunate that we didn't have to go against him. I mean, it didn't look like it was that hard to shut down the Longhorns this weekend. Maybe no, we but Hagen him. Smith shuts everybody down. I want to know part of that, dude. <laughs> yeah, when Jackson Weber got hurt, that's what kind of changed. I was going to pick TC to go one and two in this tournament, but going up against Will McIntyre, that flipped it for me. And I said, all right, TC should get the win against Arkansas now. Every uh, Horned Frog had a, a hit that started the lineup. Six of the players had a multi-hit game. Uh, Eli walked three times. Uh, and so I want to talk about Eli for a second. It, I, I wish I remember what inning this was, but at some point later in the game, he scores, gets back to the dugout, and takes his hat off. And the dad I was mentioning starts yelling at him to put his hat on hmm. to act like a professional. Now, this is six innings into a long game where he was yelling, I'm I'm not kidding, uh, nonstop. Uh, I mentioned he's in a in crowded, he's surrounded by frog fans. He's actually in the TCU section. So that was an interesting thing too. Um, I was on a few beers. I was a few beers in <laughs> at that point. Um, got a little upset that he was specifically yelling at one of the players. Now, if you're, you know, talking about TCU or yelling about Arkansas, I, I kind of forget that stuff, but he was you know, honing in on one guy uh, for something I thought was pretty ridiculous. So I stood up and uh, and yelled, would you just shut up, bro? And so at that point, I'm thinking, yep, probably shouldn't have done that, MK. <laughs> Bad decision. However, about 25 or 30 fans in my section stood up and started yelling and cheering and and pointing at the guy. And so I knew that I, I was surrounded by good company. Um, and the best part of this is that obviously the you know Eli heard it the the players heard it because that's how close we were the rest of the game hats off the entire team hats off they did not wear a hat <laughs> in the dugout the rest of the game I I was dying MK owns Arkansas <laughs> <laughs> I think I would own this one guy I'm not sure about Arkansas <laughs> man it was absolutely bananas in the stands there are people getting kicked out left and right I would really be interested to see what incidents would have occurred if that was a close game because you were you were in kind of in the middle section closer to arkansas yeah. fans right jacob that's correct and, and you, uh i didn't on, actually see a lot of people getting kicked out but i was pretty low so you had a better vantage point from the sides and i saw little. three i saw three different guys get kicked out um i think it was two arkansas fans one tcu fan and then there was an incident with um, Arkansas fans sitting right below a suite, what looked to be uh, a suite full of TCU frat boys. And uh, every single one of them are holding a, a coldie. And just, <laughs> I couldn't tell what they were yelling, but they never stopped yelling. And it didn't take long before Arkansas fans were turned around screaming back at them. And I saw four or five security guards down there trying to work everything out. I felt bad for the one guy in the suite who was trying to play like the dad role and trying to be the mediator between the Arkansas fans and his boys. There's always that guy in a group like that. And that's a tough job to have. That's usually MK to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. When I finally went down, when Ray and I went down to meet up with you, MK, 
I was surprised that you were the instigator. I was. I, mean, I know well, like he was doing his so, thing, but well, I was surprised I, you got I, in the I, mix. I take offense to that the instigator comment. I didn't. <laughs> no, I no, no, not like I, that. But I'm surprised you got in the mix. That's I, I was mean. an escalator. I wasn't the instigator. <laughs> <laughs> How did uh, what did Reed think of it all? So. Uh, so yeah, here's the thing. I, I'm very aware of when my son's around me, what I'm saying, you know, I, I, I do try to watch obviously cursing around him and, and the family. And so he had run off with his buddies. Um, so fortunately he didn't, <laughs> oh, he didn't dude, see me make, you know, it was uh, full I'm, throttle MK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as he's gone, I'm, I'm at it, man. I, I'm, I'm a frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to your days in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else, uh, you know, we talked about Cam Brown a little bit struggled. I, I think well, the thing that I want out of from Cam is he's, he's probably going to have a couple more of these where it's just not a great start. Um, but I really want to see him come back next weekend and, and sometime soon with a stronger, with a stronger start because he, he has a huge impact on the success of this team long-term. Yeah. We're not going to be able to slug our way out of every game. Cam Brown's going to have to figure it out. I mean, that was it was disappointing to see, but not entirely unpredictable. Like we talked about, this could be an issue. Um, Colt, they're going to keep throwing him out there. You know, they're not going to just he's not going to lose his job anytime soon. But keep Cole Klecker's arm warm, man. That guy looked real good. He had a lot of good movement on his fastball. And yeah, MK, like you said, I don't think we even he was not on our radar when we did our pitching preview. Dude, and uh, kudos to Kirk. For getting him out of there before it really got sideways on him, you know. Yeah, I mean, we jumped out to a three nothing lead, right? So you you know we're in the fight, right? You know we're going to score runs. So we just we need to get somebody in there who you know they're going to get guys out just to stop the bleeding and keep us in the game. How did he know it would be Cole Klecker? He's Kurt. He's I don't know. He was like hero mode. Uh, a small change. I don't know if you guys noticed this from last year, but Kirk was the one walking out to the pitchers to calm them down, you know, chat, make that pitching change. I, I don't think that was the case last year when he took over uh, as head coach for the first time. Did he have Winkler do it? Yeah, it was Wink. Um, but I guess every, with TJ Bruce coming in, everybody's roles kind of changed. I don't know. I don't know no, how all that works. I'm not. I'm not saying bad or good. I'm just saying it's it right. Was just, yeah, 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 for, yeah, yeah. I feel like he went back to his bread and butter. Right. It's like he, you know, and and I think he did. He does a good job of getting out there and saying whatever he needs to say for them to to take a breath. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, Cole Klecker did. I mean, I was just looking at his stat line. That's why I said that. What else um, you want to talk about? Uh, the beatdown from Arkansas. Of Arkansas, <laughs> dude. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy to talk about speaking, but uh, Trey Richardson's defense. Yep, dude, that was an awesome play. His range is so elite. Yeah, that was great. That was great to see. It was a great weekend for transfers overall, right? Austin Davis uh, had an incredible weekend. What was a player of the uh, weekend for a Big Twelve player of the week? We yeah. had. Uh, offensive player of the week. There you go. Uh, we'll talk about Sam uh, Stoutenboro in a little bit at the next game. He he had a, a decent debut. Um, Trey, I mean, just all of our transfers really stepped up. Vanderheim. Here's another thing I'm thinking about in that game. What I really loved is obviously we pounded the crap out of the ball with 19 hits, but if Arkansas's idea was to adjust and make us chase things out of the zone. We said, all right, throw it out there. We'll walk 11 times. So we kind of whooped their ass in two different ways. So it's good to see that, you know, they couldn't just adjust and shut us down by getting us to chase things out of the zone. Yeah, we cut down the strikeouts. <clears throat> Only struck out seven times. Yep. How about, I, think, uh, I think the high strikeouts in the first game is probably just based off of who we were facing. Yeah. Uh, who Much better arms. Yeah. Because we didn't break that one open until late, you know. Yeah. And then how about um y'all haven't mentioned this yet, but Braden Taylor had his first career four hit game. Mm. How incredible is it that he's uh he hasn't done that before? Walks too many times. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, he only has two at bats a game. I mean <laughs> two, it, he yeah. still walked twice. It takes us scoring eighteen runs for him to get enough at bats to, to get four hits. <laughs> oh, but we, we do need to we do need to just mention that Jared Wagner is every bit the beast that we were worried he was going to be. Now, luckily, you know, we scored 18 runs, 
But my God, man, three for four, um, a double, a home run that I thought was going to make the wall in left center field fall down. And then he continued tearing the cover off the ball on Sunday against Oklahoma State. To me, he was the most impressive player of the tournament in a tournament where there were some impressive players. Man, how does someone like him end up at Creighton to start his career? What's wrong with Creighton? Yeah, what's wrong with Creighton? It's not Arkansas. Creighton fans, if you're listening, uh, at Ray Cartwright. Yeah. (laughs) The only good thing about Creighton offered you a scholarship, you would turn it down? The only good thing about Creighton is it's located in Omaha. Yeah. What's great about Omaha? Yeah. That's where the College World Series is at. Yeah, they've never, they never been. Yeah, been so <laughs> great. Why don't you go? <laughs> That's so. Wagner was the guy after after TC scores three in the first inning. I mean, I'm pretty jacked up because I'm like, oh man, we're oh, in. Yeah. You know, we're going to do this, and and they come back. And uh, was that his three run home run? Was that it? Was that the start of the game? I mean, yep. Yeah, and yep, so with first that, base open. That 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 called the hogs real quick, shut the frogs up, you know. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe this maybe I have a, a bad habit. You know, we talked about in football season of being unreasonably optimistic because you know, you can tell right away Cam Brown doesn't really have it, but I'm like, all right, cool. We're gonna score. Let's see, let's see if you can score more than us. Well, we scored three more than them, so the answer was no. Three times more than them? Yes, three times. Okay. You confused me for a second. I said times, but it got cut out in the audio. Ray, can you oh. edit that in? Man, I hate when I'm listening back to the podcast and I and I have just this fire line or something and a word gets cut out and you guys just are like blinking at me on Zoom. And yeah, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, to, all right. Re- all right. So moving we got on. 18 minutes. Yeah. Game three. Uh, Frogs are 2-0 at this point. They play Missouri on Sunday night. They came out firing again in the first inning, uh, and they kept things rolling uh, through the fourth. It was 6-2 at that point. Um, I want to just highlight one of the best bunts I have ever seen in person, uh, Austin Davis. It was perfectly down the line, 6 to 8 inches right off it, and stayed there the entire time. It was a, it was a fun play to, to watch him beat that out. Um, I think, Ray, this is where you, uh, you couldn't speak because – your voice was a little rough at that point. So <laughs> at the, the pitcher's pitching and, and then you hear the woo start after, you know, it was a pass ball or something. And so it's, there's a bunch of woos in the background, but Ray is just, he's wooing like a, a cow moo. So it's just <laughs> real. I think Ray fakes it a little bit too, though. No, there's no faking that. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's when we were feeling good, but uh, Missouri just, they kept inching back and they scored in five of the last six innings, including that last run in the 10th, because it did go to extra innings. Unfortunately, uh, Frogs lose to the Tigers nine to eight. Uh, We saw a bunch of pitchers on Sunday night. Uh, Cal transfer Sam Stoutenborough started the game, and then he was backed up by six different relievers, which we can get to. But uh, where do you want to begin with this one? Well, I think from the top, um, I owe Missouri. An apology. I wasn't really familiar with their game. You owe who an apology? Missouri baseball. They look they look pretty good in all three games. They look very, very competitive. And uh yeah. yeah. After and I should have known that was gonna happen after I was talking all that shit about them last week. Yeah. They were yeah, they were pretty good. I saw them on Friday against uh Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean it was a pretty boring game, but they kept it close. Uh five they had like one bad inning, right? One. Yeah, the second inning, uh, they scored five runs against Oklahoma, or they let Oklahoma State score five runs, and then they didn't. Oklahoma State didn't score any other runs, uh, the rest of the game. Uh, the walk off against Texas, and then, uh, you know, beating us in extra innings. Yeah, and you could say, well, you know, we gave it to them because we made four errors, but they were competitive enough to hang around to let that bite us in the ass, you know. Yeah, we didn't score um, after the fourth inning. Until the ninth. Yeah. Uh, so we scored three in the first, three Yeah, in the against their Sunday bullpen. Fourth. Dude. I- yeah, and two of their guys, two of their the guys that came in and pitched the last six innings, those guys were throwing heat. Yeah. They were yeah. like 96, um, 98. I don't think they're finishing last in the SEC anymore. 
to Martin's point, so it was Sam Horn, and he's a freshman from Georgia, and then Zach Franklin. Between the two of them, six innings of pitch, uh, six innings, only two earned runs given up, only uh, four walks, and then ten strikeouts in those six innings. It's pretty incredible. You know, Sam Horn is also a, a four-star quarterback. He's on the football. Yeah. yeah, that was a big deal on Twitter. I didn't know that until they made a big deal about it, but that's pretty yeah. cool. He was, um, he was really good. I, I mean, it's hard. To, it's harder. hard to be too. It's hard to be too bummed that we took an extra innings L, even though it was against Missouri, because we beat two top ten opponents to start the weekend off. But and and oh, and the other thing too is the reason I'm not terribly concerned about this game is because the reason we did lose is easily correctable, and that's just making routine plays in the field. That's not going to be like. Oh my God! Another game where we can't throw the ball to first base. Yeah, I, I, go I ahead. Went back and looked at the box score. I think I found six balls that were hit on the ground in the infield that did not convert into outs. Yeah, yeah it's tough to win, and and they had they had a chance to win too. You know, although it is a little concerning, they gave up seventeen hits on the day. That is true. How many? Okay, so Sam Stoutenborough started the game. How many? He, hit, he, he gave up seven. He struck out okay. seven, but right, gave but up seven hits. Those felt pretty scattered, though, right? It didn't feel like he was ever really in that much danger. Um, like two runs I, through four innings, that's fine. I don't know. I felt like he was in danger. Then he'd kind of get a big strikeout. He did strike out seven. That's encouraging. He would get um, he would get like the third strikeout with guys like on third and second base. How can okay? How concerned are you about Garrett Wright that he wasn't named the closer to start the season because Kirk said nobody's really grabbed that job? I'm and not. He, he gives up three runs on three hits and two innings, and all of his runs are earned. It's not like oh the errors killed Garrett Wright. He walked three and gave up three hits in two innings. Yeah, the the errors didn't kill. Garrett right, but there was a lot of balls that were hit on the ground it, that were stopped in the infield that should have been out and they weren't. And you know, you're you're if you're a closer and you're used to being that guy that comes in and gets three outs and the game's over, you know, you're not used to having to get four, five, six outs in an inning. You know, you make a good pitch, you expect it to be an out. I I'm not too worried about about Garrett Wright. Not even the three walks. And there was a couple of wild pitches too that he sailed to the backstop that allowed runners yeah, to right. go up. And right. the only thing that concerns me about that is whenever I uh, went and watched the inner squad game a couple of weeks before the season started, that was it was a similar outing that he had. Yeah. I think one thing that doesn't concern me is the fact that, you know, with closers, you expect a little more volatility and. He's going to have some high highs and and maybe some any you know outings like this where it just doesn't go as planned. So I don't know. We we've we've come to see a lot of his success over the last year or two, and uh, you know Sunday night just wasn't it. No, and I do wonder too if after beating Vanderbilt in Arkansas, if there wasn't a little bit of mission accomplished syndrome with the whole mm -hmm. team. And then also, it always feels like maybe more so with TCU baseball. Those Sunday night end of tournament games are always like kind of uh we want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> we we sweepy. Yeah. I mean cuz we lost to Rice, I remember in the Shriners a couple of years ago. <clears throat> We've had some Sunday letdowns in these right. tournaments. It did feel like Missouri kind of had the energy advantage almost like they had something more to play for in that game, after, you know, I don't know. Who knows? It was probably our fault for saying if they went up 17-1 in the first inning that we would leave the game. Shit, man. They scored three in the first. And and really, you know, like they had some goose egg innings. But I, I remember one inning where we had a couple guys on and Bishop hits one really hard in the hole and they make like a diving play and get the guy out. And so Missouri made plays, man. They were really competitive in every game and hats off to them. Was it Congrats. Bishop? Was it Bishop yeah, that, I mean, I, smoked, uh, that smoked the ump? And he had his eyes closed. That might have um, even been a different play. I can't, I remember like a diving play on a ball in the hole where they got him out. No, yeah, this is definitely a different play. I just remember there was one time the uh, first oh, base umpire. Yeah. 
he made a call as he was jumping with his eyes closed and called it a foul ball that looked like it would have been a double. Looked like it was a double. That yeah, it, it, oh. it hit him while he was standing in fair territory. <laughs> Should have been a fair ball. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Okay, I a uh, little little. I, it might have been the third inning. Bishop ends the inning on a ground ball to third. Maybe that was it. So I've got a few Twitter questions. I don't know if you want to jump to that. If you got more yeah, on the, on the last mean, game, there's not much really else to say. All right. Y'all so hear, y'all want to hear Missouri's uh, out of conference schedule? If it's okay. really good. So I was uh, <laughs> I was wondering why Missouri had you know all that energy if they had like a midweek game maybe at UTA or something. But then I was like, wait, we play UTA, so I put up their schedule. So they have no midweek game, so they didn't have to worry about getting somewhere for Tuesday, right? They play at Florida International this weekend. Midweek versus Lindenwood. Then a series against Texas Southern. Then Western Illinois midweek. And then a series against New Jersey Institute of Technology. So we were Missouri Super Bowl is what you're telling me. For like the next month. (laughs) <laughs> this, that's probably the, that that game was the college world series yeah <laughs> that sounds like a coach before the season knowing his team's going to be bad and he wanted to get some easy wins and they're, they're gonna be like confidence. 21 yeah <laughs> <laughs> missouri national team, team. Kendall. yeah dude they're gonna be a top 10 team <laughs> that's, a, that's a good loss for rpi oh huh? do you remember that that win against tcu <laughs> looking better and better yeah not such a bad <laughs> loss now yeah <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right twitter questions so on the uh twitter account i asked uh college you know baseball showdown recap what's on your mind it was more of like hey do you have any twitter questions and people actually shared what was on their mind um so joel at fd underscore sidekick said the austin davis pimp job uh we definitely touched on that for a little bit hold on hold on but i've been wanting to work this question in has tcu ever had a cooler player than austin davis like in this new era of cool baseball players because it's okay to have fun now. Um, I mean, Elijah would be probably the Elijah. Yeah. Elijah's, uh, but, yeah. He's going to, it's going to take a bit to, to maybe surpass Elijah for now, but I don't know, man, you just watch Austin. Like Austin Davis does little things like he'll catch a fly ball in the outfield and he'll throw it in, just kind of cross his arms and pose for a second <laughs> and then are go you, back to his position. Are you telling me Gene Wood wouldn't do that after he, Made okay. A big play. <laughs> All right. I don't know why we're taking shots at Gene Wood in the stash. <laughs> he's he's catching strays right now. No, no. <laughs> or Gene Wood just Gene sitting Wood, at home. I thought Gene Wood pod. was cool as shit. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh Brian Howard? I always thought it was cool the way he That's a good strike one. out someone. That's a very good one. I, I just want you guys to watch Austin Davis like anytime he's involved in a play and probably when even when he's not. He just does little things that are cool. So he's fun to watch. All right. Uh, this weekend, all I'm going to watch, I'm actually going to sit out in right field and just watch Austin Davis. And you will not be field. disappointed. Have you really not noticed that he's cool? I mean, yeah, but I mean. No, I'm I talking to Ray. Oh. No, whenever I talked to him, uh, they were signing autographs at the basketball game a couple of weeks ago. He had a huge primetime chain on. I was. Did you, uh, to, did you try to talk to him like Michael Scott would, like Daryl? <laughs> no, I, he was sitting next to Eli, and I said, "Eli, you no longer have the strongest chain game on the team." <laughs> he took offense to that. It immediately went out to. He can't play in that thing, can he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. There's no way. No, that would be cool if he did. He just does like this. Austin. Yeah. He does the Superman whenever he hits a home run, and there's a chain right there. It says prime time. <laughs> and then you should uh, right. do the high steps uh coming around third towards home, the Dion high step. Don't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> so at uh TCU Drew uh goes by TCU Universe. Uh things on his mind, Sunday errors. Brown still seems unpredictable. Hitters for days and freshman relief pitchers. He started sad and then finished happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that makes me think of something real quick. And we didn't mention this about the Missouri game. Carson Bowen got the start at catcher. Yep. 
made what is probably the greatest uh, caught stealing throw I've ever seen out of a TCU catcher. Because it was so casual. Dude, on a ball tailing away, a fastball tailing away, catches it, sidearms it. Perfect tag by Trey Richardson. It definitely wasn't the fundamental way that you would see a catcher throw a ball to second. It was almost like, man, that dude got a huge jump. This pitch is a terrible pitch to get a guy out on. F it. I'm just going to fling it down there and see what happens. And it worked. You think the coaches were like, hey, Carson, don't do that anymore, man. No, I don't think so. It wasn't fundamental enough. No, I think. Probably after he threw it in the center field in the ninth (laughs) inning. I got to believe that coaches for the most part are like, if you're an athlete, be an athlete. Make a play. Absolutely. All right. Uh, at Our buddy Adam at uh, TCU Lotus Leaves uh, asked what the concession situation was at Globe Life Field. We, we talked about that a little bit. It's pretty much trash um, unless you're going to Hurtado and overpaying for brisket. Um, was it cheaper than a, a Rangers game? Too. Uh, pl- was it cheaper than a Rangers game? I don't know. You, you, would you all know that? I have no idea. It was no, the same price. I, I think it was the same price. Yeah. I mean, but hey, was that barbecue really that much more expensive than going to Hurtado's? I don't know. I mean, I got nachos and it was like 30 bucks. So, yeah. We, no, the nachos were $22. They weren't 30 The brisket sandwich was 8 It's because you don't tip. Why should I? So, that's <laughs> if you said the brisket sandwich by itself is 18 that's absolutely more expensive than what you could buy at the store. Yeah, right? for sure. Now, are you going to spend eight thirty 30 bucks getting, you know, good well, barbecue? 100%. But you're going to get some sides and a drink or, you know, other stuff with it. Well, okay, yeah, look at it like this. You, you got three slices of brisket and uh, some bread. I it's mean, 100% it's not- more expensive just if you think about it in a, in a business sense because Hurtado's having to pay a lease to the Rangers on that spot. It's like yeah, when you go to sure. the air, that's why airport food is so much more expensive. Yeah, for sure. And I'm saying, but I'm just the way barbecue prices are these days. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't it feel like it was that insane. You, you are correct in that they are very expensive. Um, I think it was more expensive probably at Globe Life. So, oh, no, also, definitely. I'm not saying it's not more expensive, but I'm just one other the, thing too is I don't know when the Rangers are going to learn to adjust to the crowd volume because the lines I'm like the lines are incredibly long they don't open enough resources to accommodate the the crowds I don't know I didn't have a problem this weekend getting a beer you weren't it was pretty quick were you there to start the Arkansas game uh on Saturday no I was yeah uh, that's when it was that's when it was, I mean it's not like it was bad all the time but I missed first like I got in line the Arkansas game started at 735. I got in line at 650 and missed first pitch. I wonder, you know, maybe they didn't anticipate 21,000 fans showing up for that. They said they were planning on 25. That was what I heard. The Rangers said that, or we speculated that's what that was. The concessions, the, the lady that took my order. Maybe it was our fault for sitting in the prime seats. We should have moved out to the outfield or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Next question. Our buddy Adam also asks, how valuable are these non-conference tournaments? Are they just temperature takers or do you think they have any uh, NCAA tournament value? Yeah. And they count for RPI. They're yeah. huge. That's why we do them. RPI is huge. It gauges where yeah. you're at as a team early in the season. I think, I think they're great. They're huge if the teams you beat end up being good. Yeah. And I, and I, th- I think when you get into like, tiebreaker situations for hosting a regional that's what they'll go and look at say well tcu went and played arkansas and vandy to start the season while you know a&m or whatever they were playing you know whatever university i think they're great also for the fan you know you get to go to this tournament you buy you have to buy a day pass so okay cool i'm gonna watch tcu vanderbilt and then right after that is texas and arkansas i mean no, it's last weekend for the fan. They're great. Kevin Peters, our guy at KD Peters 99 says or asks, which new frog impressed you the most? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. I'll take huh? the e- Austin Davis. The, Austin the, Davis. The bro, I was, I was thinking, man, gosh, 
You know, it's funny. That I was thinking Anthony Silva. Well, he is tall. I love watching playing with LeBron. So good. Yeah. Man, <laughs> no, he's really no, falling no, no, off, no. though. I, I think all the injuries have caught up to him. He's past his prime. It's funny. The first thought came to my mind uh, was Anthony Silva. And then I was like, <laughs> no, I'm going to say the easy one in Austin Davis and got the uh, the two names meshed yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, Martin, who is yours? And I hope you don't steal mine. Um, for the weekend, for sure. I mean, it has to be Austin Davis, and then like an individual. Well, don't take game. two. You can't yeah. have two. Well, well, Ray already said Austin Davis. I know. Yeah. Okay, so well, then who's yours? So, so I'm gonna go with the single game individual performance. I'm gonna go with um, Coker. Coker. Okay. Clicker. All right. Yeah. So mine is Trey Richardson. Because he's hitting low in the lineup. You don't expect a lot of production from second base. And he had some clutch hits. He grind, grinded out some at-bats, showed some power. He He's the one that exceeded my expectations the most. Yeah, it's like having a a leadoff guy at the bottom of your lineup. I don't know how long but, he'll be hitting that low. Yeah, of course. I mean, we hope that the lineup's fluid. But yeah, I don't know how we'll much see. higher he'll go. Maybe fifth? As opposed to being in seventh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what about you? Okay. Well, you guys stole all mine, so I'm going to go with somebody different. Um, ben Abelt. He pitched in both the Arkansas and Missouri game. Specifically, in the Arkansas game went two innings, um, no hits, no runs. And the most fun thing about Ben was, um, I it, what didn't happen initially, but I, I turned around and this guy a couple of rows behind me is just screaming. Yeah, Ben, way to go, Ben. Like he is going nuts. And so I thought, okay, he's got to know, he's got to know this guy. You know, nobody just goes that nuts uh, about a specific player. And, and sure enough, he was uh, his high school art teacher. Um, so I met him. Uh, I met this guy and we talked for a long time. And honestly, you would have thought uh, it was his dad or something. He was so proud of this kid for, for getting to TCU and pitching and watching him. It looked like he was cheering for his own son. So I just thought that was a fun, fun little deal. Maybe he taught him how to paint those corners. <laughs> and with ben. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> what's, what's cool about Ben is he's got a uh, funky uh, kind of sidearm delivery. But he can still run it in there at 92 miles an hour, which I can't imagine. It probably makes it incredibly hard for a batter to pick up. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed watching him throw. So it looks like, you know, they went to him on Sunday, too. So it looks like he's going to be one of the prime guys out of the bullpen. Hey, y'all, if y'all want a, a quick laugh, I sent y'all a text to the uh, group chat, which I uh, found hilarious. This is great content for a podcast. That's uh, and let's for the listeners. For so we're recording, you know, on a Tuesday night, and uh, Texas A and M just lost to Lamar University seven to four. Woohoo! So sorry. Yeah, I was watching that game in the Aggie broadcast. Ben, they were they sounded like they were at a funeral in the eighth inning, and then they were disgusted during the ninth and after the game. They were <laughs> like audibly upset. <laughs> You just hate to see you just hate to see it. Yeah, but if if Texas A&M goes out and sweeps whoever they play this weekend, they're not changing the ring. They're not going to Oh, I don't Tuesday games have <clears throat> the smallest amount of impact on the rankings. Oh, I don't care about it. Yeah, as, especially if you're playing the SEC. I don't care about yeah. it from a rankings perspective like Well, I that's what good, the tweet said. I had a good laugh. Uh No, it didn't. It just said the uh the the score it it's says like the, a, ranking, the rankings are going to be bananas this week. Stay you're, you're talking about that Texas baseball guy. Oh, I didn't. I thought I tweeted the Lamar. He's oh, he's no. talking about his specific rankings where he ranks all the Texas schools. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, um, MK, there was one more Twitter question. I don't know if you're getting to it or uh, I can read it. Was it a question or was it a comment? A uh, comment, but it's just it. at blat underscore bets. He says Braden Taylor showing off his max EV bump in week weekend one no less. I I don't know if eleven point seven knew this for a fact, but they mentioned something about him having the highest exit velo in the country. 
I don't know if that was just editorializing or if they knew that for a fact. I, there's no way that you would know that at this point, but it's. Well, I mean, yeah. you could. I mean, that is tracked, right? It is tracked. I want access to that database then. That if there's probably a Twitter account out there somewhere that keeps. No, uh, this. I think the Rangers use Trackman. It's like for their scouting stuff. Yeah. That's why teams like the Astros and the Rangers, they have these college uh, tournaments so that they can uh, put these guys in games where they can check their exit velocity and stuff like that. Boy, he was impressive, though. Final thoughts before I sign us out of here, fellas. Nope, looking forward to getting the Lupton tomorrow. Um, We should mention that we're going to release an interview we did with Sunday Golds, which is a Florida State podcast. Um, if you're listening to this right now, look for that within the next 24 hours or so. Uh, it It's a great uh, primer for the weekend against Florida State. So, yeah, uh, just one last quick question for y'all. And I know uh, we don't think much of the UTA game tomorrow, but I am interested in one thing, and that's who's starting. Yeah. And so I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on who might be starting for the Frogs tomorrow. Well, is Luis hurt? I have no one said anything official. Okay. So I wouldn't I wouldn't know. They could probably throw Cam out there, huh? You could throw Cam. Uh Cole Kleckler. You could start him. I would not mind seeing Cam get a couple innings. Yeah. Is that that, uh that that Hancock warm up for Saturday? Yeah, well, I mean, they throw bullpen sessions and stuff anyway. And he only went, how many yeah. pitches did he throw? Like 40? Well, no, probably a lot. Actually. Like one and a third. Yeah, but every count was full. Yeah. And he faced a ton of hitters. So Maybe I don't like know. an inning like, to, to get his confidence up. Yeah, but yeah. what if he walks? What if he goes out there and walks the first two guys? Well, I hope Cole Clicker's ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm kind of excited to see uh, Garrison Berkeley come yeah. back. I think it does change things since it's a Wednesday game and not a Tuesday game because the weekend series is coming so quickly now. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, UTA has a new uh, head coach, Clay Van Hook. Why do I know that name? Well, he played uh, uh, on the UT team that won the Natty in 05. Maybe maybe that's why. I don't know. Oh, and he was was an assistant coach for uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. From 2018 to 2022. Um, and he has a, he has a very experienced, uh, assistant staff. Um, his hitting coach was the like assistant slash third base coach or whatever at Baylor for like the last 13 years. Well, with all the, go ahead, finish. Oh, and then their pitching coach. So last year he was at Navy, but the 20 years before that, he was the head coach at Hawaii. Man. So with UTA having all that coaching experience, they must be doing really well, right? I uh, know they're doing very poorly. <laughs> hey, sometimes it takes a while to get the uh, the right people in there. Right. For the coach I mean, to really instill their culture. It's hey, Martin, like his fourth game. Is Hunter Pence a volunteer assistant for them? No. Some guy that went to, uh, I think, Wake Forest. But um, this Clay oh. Van Hook guy... You know, he he recruited a bunch of guys to OU with terrible facilities. So why can't he do the same at UTA? Because those sure. are even because they make OU's facilities look immaculate. <laughs> so UTA, All right, are we done? UTA currently down fourteen to three to DBU. So we should have a good shot <laughs> to win tomorrow night. Let's go, fellas. Um, all right. So like Jacob said, we've got two pods this week. This is our recap. We've got another one breaking down Florida State. But first, we got Wednesday night. Tomorrow, the, the Lupton's opening night. So thanks to Jacob. Thanks to Ray. Thanks to Martin. We'll see you all at Lupton. Go Frogs. You're welcome, MK. Go Frogs.